Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to Sunday sermons from Southside Christian Fellowship. We would love to hear how God has blessed your life. Reach out to us through social media or email us at scfellowshipchurch at gmail.com. We've been talking about fear being a dream killer, faith being a dream builder, and then Dad spoke to you last week about just dreamers, and that's what Amy was alluding to this morning was just being a dreamer. I got to tell you that it, it happens so quickly, you don't even realize it, but you start to get into your feelings and emotions, you start to get down, you start to get off track, and before you know it, you've quit dreaming. You've quit thinking about the dream that God's put in your heart. You've quit thinking about who you are as a child of God. And so I believe the series of messages that have been coming forward have been just trying to encourage you and me to get back to dreaming again. I know that for me, uh, it, it was easy to dream in the beginning. When Tammy and I were getting married, when we uh, were looking at houses, man, we would dream all the time. We would ride around. We'd get ideas. We'd look at different properties. We, we would have tons of ideas. Now I'm just happy my house is still standing and not torn down and it's there for me when I get home in the afternoons. I hadn't thought about getting a new one or even painting that sucker in a while. So, but that's after raising three kids and, you know, just life happening. And we have responsibilities and duties and we've got things that we need to do and it's okay. And God blessed you with the family that you have for you to take care of your family. That should be part of that dream and understanding that God has put inside of you. But as time goes on, we begin to take on more than we should. And we begin to forget about dreams. And so, as I was praying about what to, what message God wanted me to bring this, this Sunday, I just, I don't know, I just couldn't get clarity. So I came in here and I started playing and worshiping the Lord. And my favorite song right now is Fall Away. It's just one that just speaks to me. And so I was playing and ministering, and it's like the Lord just said, that's what you need to talk about today. I said, okay. And in there, there's a line that says, breathe like only you can breathe. He said, how does that, how does that apply to dreams? Well, who do you think put the breath in you? Who do you think put the dream in you? So I want to talk to you today about understanding who you are. I want you to understand the breath that's in your lungs and what that really means. And then I want you to continue dreaming as God has put those dreams in your heart. You know, I don't know if you've ever had the breath knocked out of you before. Anybody? I believe I was in fourth or fifth grade. I was swinging on the monkey bars, and I slipped and fell, and, buddy, all that breath just went out of me. And panic set in because I could not catch my breath. You ever had that feeling? It is not a comfortable feeling, is it? It's a definite wake-up moment as to how important breath is. Without that, we're dead. We have to have air to survive. But I got to tell you, sometimes we take it for granted, don't we? We take breathing for granted. Let me give you a few facts, just a couple things here about breathing. Breathing is something we do without even thinking about it. You've been breathing this whole time you're in here. Anybody around you not breathing, let us know. We'll, we'll ask God to heal them. We breathe in and out about 22,000 times a day. Man, that's a lot. Look, we're powered by breathing. It's, it's oxygen. It's fuel for our bodies. It's life-sustaining. With it, we continue to live. You know, our lungs breathe in air. 
They remove the, the carbon dioxide from our uh, bloodstream, and they carry all that oxygen to our tissues and organs, and that's what allows us to walk and talk and move. You know, our brain controls how fast our lungs draw in air. When we exercise or play, we breathe faster, we breathe more. When we're at rest at night, we breathe slower. See, breath is something you don't even think about, is it? All these things are happening whether you realized it or not. Well, God talked to us about breath as well. I just want to start out today in Genesis chapter 2, the seventh verse. And I want to talk about a life-giving spirit for starters. And in Genesis chapter 2, God had made the heavens and the earth. And now he's forming man. And in the seventh verse, it says, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed. Everybody say breathed. Into his nostrils the breath of life. Hmm. And man became a living being. Notice that man became a living being after God breathed into his nostrils. And what did he breathe? He breathed the breath of life. Breath of life. In Hebrew, that word for breath of life means spirit. So what we're saying is that God breathed his spirit inside of Adam at that point in time. Guess what? He breathed his spirit inside of you and inside of me. When you're breathing, you're not just taking in oxygen. It's the breath of God that he has put inside of you. We have the spirit of God in us. Every time we breathe, it ought to remind us that's the breath of God. That's life. First Corinthians, the 15th chapter, 45th verse says, And so it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. Life-giving spirit. Man. You see, I know that we work in harmony with creation. When we expel carbon dioxide, the plants take that, and they use that as a process of their life. But the reality is God made everything in the earth before us. So there's a thought that the things in this earth could survive without man, but we can't survive without the things in this earth. I don't know if that's 100% accurate, but it led me to this thought right here. It's definitely true for God. God existed before you and me. He doesn't need us to exist, but we sure need him to live and breathe. We need God so that we can function, so that we can move, so that we can dream. So you talk about breath like only God can give? You're talking about creating life? We get to partake in that process. Those of us that have kids, you understand the process. I'm not going to go into it here. And so when that little person is formed and, and born, when my kids were born, they, they looked for what first? Breath. They wanted to hear them scream or cry, something to tell them they were alive. So they're, licking, they're, they're looking, they're listening for breath. That breath means life. See, we get to be a part of that, but that breath comes from God. We've talked about being change agents, for being ambassadors for Christ. That's in what we say. That's in the breath that's coming out of us. When you're breathing in, you're breathing in the breath of God that he put in you, that he put in you. See, we need God. God doesn't need us, but he sure does want us. He wants us. He wants you. But we got to be dependent upon Him. And we've got to understand our dependence upon Him. And that comes through breath. Ephesians 2, 1 says, And you 
He made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. Hmm. Colossians 2, 11 through 13 says, In him you were also circumcised with the circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, buried with him in baptism, in which you also were raised with him through faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. And yes, you being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made alive together with him having forgiven you all trespasses. Life. Life. See, what did creation start with? It started with God speaking. See, his breath created. There's power in the breath of God. And we say breathe like only you can breathe, God. See, we on our own can't create anything. But with the breath of God in us, we can create Romans 8, 6 tells us, For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. You know that's one of the main differences between the world and us as Christians? Is that we should be spiritually minded, and, and I'm saying that speaking that. You sh- you're spiritually minded, amen? But the world is carnally minded. That's why the actions of the world shouldn't surprise us. We shouldn't be surprised with all the fighting and division and greed and, and, and desire for power because that's how the flesh does. That's what it wants because the world doesn't know who they are. They don't understand where their life came from. They don't understand where the breath inside of them came from. See, they're alive just like you and me because of the breath of God that is inside of them. And once they come to that revelation, that's where it says that he made us alive and forgave us of our trespasses. So when we go out and represent the Lord, see the dreams that he's put on our heart is not just for our comfort. They're to further his kingdom. So as you carry out that dream and as you walk along that path to fulfill the dream God has for you, it will further his kingdom and it will reveal him to the world. It will show the world who he is, not because it's you, but because it's him through you. That's the breath of God like only he can breathe. What did Job say? In the 33rd chapter, 4th verse says, The Spirit of God has made me, and the breath of the Almighty gives me life. Well, we should wake up saying that. We should wake up with the understanding that the breath of God, that the Spirit of God made us and the breath of the Almighty gives us life. Now you start complaining and mumbling and fussing. Think about what's coming out of your mouth. You're talking about using the breath of God to have murmuring and complaining to come out of your mouth? That's not what God wants inside of you. That's not how God breathes. God breathes life. God breathes life. See, there's power in our breath. Not like you're thinking. I know some people don't brush. They need a lot of onions, different things like that. You're going, I get that power. It's powerful. Some powerful stink. No, 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 no. That's not what I mean. Every time you speak, you're using breath. You're using the air that God's put inside of your lungs. There's power in that breath, and you have a choice to create or destroy because the breath you're breathing is not your own. The breath you're breathing is from God. So that breath has the ability to do things. You know, there are tools and resources in this world that can be used for good, 
and they can be used for evil. You think about power tools and hammers and nails and um, power saws and, and just any kind of tool you can think of. And you go watch some of these movies or read some of these news articles and what are people doing with these tools? They're not writing about the houses they're building and the people's lives they're changing for the good. They're talking about how they're using them to hurt each other and kill each other and murder each other. Something that was designed for good is being used for bad. Well, guess what? We are designed for good, but we sometimes use our breath for bad. What comes out of us is from God and God creates. When he speaks, stuff happens. And God said, and God said, and God said. You read that over and over and over and over again. In school, it was funny because you'd get onto a kid for talking and they'd look back at you and say, I wasn't talking. So you, you were talking. I said, no, I'm, I wasn't talking. I just said. And I said, whoa, how do you say something without talking? How do you say something without using breath? Breath. Proverbs 18.21 tells us, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Why did he include that? Why didn't God just put the muzzle on there for us and just say, you can only speak life? You see, we have a choice. We have a choice. And unfortunately, there are times that we as Christians choose incorrectly. We take the tools and the resources that God has given us and we use them for evil, even if we didn't know or even if we weren't trying to use them for evil. Why? Because we're not conscious about what we're using. See, it's not just Herman's breath that's coming out. It's the breath that God Almighty put inside of Herman that is coming out. So when Herman begins to declare the word of the Lord, it becomes true because it's not just me that's speaking, it's the word of God. It is the breath of God. Let me say breathe like only you can breathe God He's the one that creates, and he could destroy as well. And there are times in the Bible where he did destroy for our benefit, for our growth. I mean, when Noah built the ark and God flooded the earth, that was destruction. That was destruction. But it was for his ultimate purpose. It was for his kingdom. Mark eleven twenty three says, For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Let me read that last part again. But believes that those things he says, everybody says, says. Believes the things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Why? Because that breath of God has power to bring forth things that did not exist. It has power to move mountains. It has power to do whatever God needs done. Yes, we have to have faith. Yes, we have to believe in our heart. And we talk about faith constantly. But do we think about the breath that's coming out of us. We think about the words that we're saying. On Wednesday nights, we've started a study about the power of our words. They're so important. And we've said so many things over our lifetime, we don't even realize what we're saying sometimes. And when somebody calls us on certain things that we say, it upsets us, and we think that they should just understand. Man, I was just joking. Yeah, but be careful because that's a loaded weapon in your mouth. That's a loaded weapon in your mouth. And when you shoot it off, 
You could shoot it at the intended target, being the enemy, or you can shoot friendly fire, which is somebody else. It's another man or woman of God. See, see, when you say stuff, it's not just a matter of what the other person should understand. They should know you're kidding. I grew up in a very, very loving home. And I enjoyed all of our jokes and cutting up and witty banter, but a lot of it was sarcastic. I, I, I'll be honest with you, I'd be lying if I said I didn't enjoy sarcasm. I just got to make sure I understand it's sarcasm and not truth, right? But the reality is most of sarcasm is built in hurt and negative and, and bad. And one of the things they tried to get us to do as teachers was to drop the sarcasm out of our language. And we would all sit back and go, are you kidding me? This is ridiculous. We can't even joke around here. But the day you are sarcastic with a student and you realize that they don't understand and you've hurt them, it's an eye-opening experience. It's an eye-opening experience. You knew you didn't mean any harm. You were just joking. They didn't understand that, and now I've done damage. Now, we serve a God that can heal that damage, that can heal those wounds. But it would, be, it would be better if we would think about what we're saying before we say it. It would be better if we would do more listening than we did speaking. I believe that's biblical, isn't it? It would be better if we realized God gave us one mouth and two ears. So we could hear more and listen to people. You know, I'm going to tell you one of the other skills that I got to develop over the years in teaching. I got to learn how to look past the words that people were saying because sometimes they don't realize what they're saying. And you try to look at kids and say, okay, what are you really telling me here? I get all the words you're using, but what are you actually telling me? As Christians, we want to listen to people's hearts. But then when we respond, we want to respond with only the words of God. Edwin H. Stewart said, Remember, every time you open your mouth, your mind walks out and parades up and down the words. Let me give you a few facts about words. Maybe you didn't know. Did you know there are about 800,000 words in the English language? About 300,000 of those are like jargon, technical jargon or job-specific terms. The average person knows about 10,000 words and uses only about 5,000 in everyday speech. And I know what you're thinking. Some of you use up your 5,000 and your spouse's 5,000 in one day. Amen? Amen. What's the point of words? I'm talking a lot about breath, but our words are a way to communicate. Guess what? There are lots of ways to communicate with people. So just because somebody is mute doesn't mean that they, have, they don't have the breath of God and that they're not using that to speak life or death. But using your words is supposed to communicate with other people. It's communicating a universe of ideas, emotions, events, and desires. Anybody had a hard time communicating with either their spouse or their children before? Just Is it just me? And you look at them like, I don't understand what you're not getting. Son, clean up your room. What do you mean? I got to be honest, I don't really know how else to communicate that. I thought it was pretty straightforward myself. Clean up your room. Like the laundry? Y yes, the laundry, son. All right, but that's it. No, son. 
clean up your room. All right, what about the dirty dishes stuff? Yes, I'd like the dirty dishes out of there. I'd like the laundry out of there. Clean your room. Uh, my mom used to do this activity in her language arts classes where she would give somebody a simple task like open a door. But your job was to describe it and, and show somebody how to open the door with your words. And you couldn't, you couldn't actually touch the door or turn the handle or anything like that. So you would have to write down each step. And so some of the kids would say, turn the knob. And my mother would walk up to the door and just, just kind of bump it and could, couldn't grab it. And they say, no, you know what I mean? And she said, no, I don't know what you mean. You have to be clear with what you're telling me. And she'd walk them through and make them kind of come up with the different steps. And she was, she was uh, picky on purpose to make the point. See, what we say matters. How we communicate with somebody matters. We were talking in Sunday school this morning about offense. You know why people get offended? Because they're either receiving the communication inaccurately or we're communicating inaccurately. One of the two. Now, if you do your utmost to communicate properly, to speak the word of God, and somebody still gets offended, you can't worry about that part. That's not what I mean. That's not what I'm talking about. There are times that I've been given a harsh message or I interpret it as harsh. It was difficult because I didn't want to hear it. But it was the truth. And it didn't matter how much love that person came to me with, I didn't want to hear it. So I got offended. That's difficult because they didn't say anything wrong. They didn't do anything wrong. I got offended. That's not their fault. Now I submitted myself to the Lord. I prayed over the word. And wouldn't you know it? They were accurate. Because God had spoken through them. See, when we talk to people, we want to speak what God wants to speak. We want to communicate what God wants to communicate. When we talk about breathe like only you can breathe, God. That's what we're talking about, speaking life and not death over somebody. Ezekiel 37, Friday night Bible studies talking about Ezekiel. And I was talking to Dad about this message and just getting his feedback. And he said, man, I'm going to tell you what it reminds me of immediately is Ezekiel. Chapter 37, verse 4 says, Again, he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, surely I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live. Why didn't he just say, poof, it happened. Breath is important. He said, I will cause breath to enter into you. Why? Because breath symbolizes life. How many of y'all ever saw that movie, Weekend at Bernie's? I love that movie. It was great. Bernie was not alive. If anybody had just stopped for two seconds to see if Bernie was breathing, they'd have known he was dead and that movie would have never been made, right? But it was hilarious. And they carried Bernie all around. They wanted to have a party that weekend, so they tried to make it look like Bernie was alive. And they put him in different poses and positions and made him wave at certain times. And all those things make it look like you're alive. But the reality is if you don't have breath, you are dead. So as a Christian, if you don't have the breath of God inside of you, you are spiritually dead. This world is the walking dead. I can't stand that show. I don't like zombies. It's crazy. I don't know why you people put yourselves through that. But that's the idea, right? It's, they're just walking around. 
But as Christians, we have the opportunity to be used by God to prophesy over them and allow God to cause breath to enter into them. At which point they will now be alive just like you and I are alive. Amen? So when we talk about breathe like only you can breathe God, it takes us understanding what that means. It's not just to be taken lightly that we speak the word of God. It's understanding that when we do, we are putting something out of the atmosphere that gets the attention of the enemy, that gets the attention of this world. Why? Because it's God speaking through us. He's given us those resources and those tools. How are you going to use them? Are you going to use them to bring life or are you going to use them to bring death? We talked about it. What happens when we stop breathing? We die. We die. You know, we have systems in place, life support, CPR. All these things are used to aid a person that is not breathing and functioning properly on their own. There are a lot of Christians that are on spiritual life support right now. We're on spiritual life support. The good news is that all the life support and CPR can work. But you got to get back to understanding who you are. You got to get back to understanding the breath that is inside of you. You got to get back to understanding that when you speak, things happen. And do you want to be responsible for creation or devastation? Do you want to be a part of speaking life or death? You know, a lot of times I feel like when I'm giving these messages to you, they're very basic. They're very foundational. They're things that we've talked about before. I've had conversations with many of you. But the reality is that as we get deeper and deeper in our walk with the Lord, sometimes we forget the basics. And we have to be reminded of the basics. What do we talk about with breath? You don't think about breathing, you just do it. When I, when I presented the number 22,000 breaths in a day for most of us, I saw all your eyes go, oh my goodness, wow. Right? Sometimes we take for granted the things that are giving us life. Sometimes we take God for granted. That's why we're talking about getting back to the dreams that God has put on your heart. That's why we're talking about getting back to realizing that you shouldn't have a spirit of fear, but of love, peace, and a sound mind. That's why we're talking about getting back and, and developing our faith. I don't care how old you are. I don't care how long you've been walking with Christ. These are things that we have to do day in and day out. We have to understand where our breath comes from. So when we speak to people, we don't take it lightly. We don't take it lightly. Let me finish up with this scripture here in Matthew. Matthew chapter 12, verse 33 through 37. Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or else make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For a tree is known by its fruit. You are a tree. And you are known by your fruit. Then in verse 34, it says, Brood of vipers. How can you, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. And an evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. But I say to you that for every idle word men may speak, they will give account of it in the day of judgment. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned." I want to encourage you today as we continue talking about dreamers and, and, and 
rekindling that fire for the dream that God has put in you so long ago that you also remember that you're producing fruit. It's either good fruit or it's bad fruit. And you can't continue to put bad stuff into your body and expect to produce good. Now, I've been a Christian for a long time. And the reason I don't mind bringing these messages anymore is because I realize I need to hear them as well. I love God with my whole heart, but there are a lot of things vying for my attention. There are a lot of things that are trying to get my attention away from God. And there are times this flesh gets frustrated with, with my life. And I begin to justify my actions. And that, then that causes me to start putting things into my spirit that are not good. That are not good. My frustration is that I've watched TV for a long time in my life. And there's been a lot of good shows on over the years. There's been some wholesome shows, but it doesn't seem to be that way anymore. And I've noticed that I begin to justify. And I begin to allow certain things to come into my home that I didn't used to allow. Now, I didn't just walk away from the Lord. I'm not living in the world. I'm following hard after God. But some of the practices I established in my life are now coming back to bite me in the rear end. So when I tell you that we've got to all go back and reevaluate, we've got to go back and reevaluate the dreams that God's put in our heart. We've got to reevaluate what's in our homes. We've got to reevaluate how we're talking. Because as we begin to take inventory, we may find that that flesh has creeped in, that the world has creeped in. The good news is it's all correctable. It's all correctable. Because right here in Matthew it says, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. You know how to quit producing fruit that, as a friend of mine says, is wonky? Instead of having wonky fruit to go back to having good fruit, start putting the good stuff back in. Well, what's good? The Word of God. So it goes all the way back around full circle to what Jared told you this morning. It's one thing to know the Word of God. It's another to know the God of the Word. I want to encourage you today to go back and take inventory. Don't be so prideful that you think you have everything under control. Be honest. Be honest with yourself. Be honest with God because the breath that you're breathing is very, very important. And it is only breath that God gave. And so that's what we say, breathe like only you can breathe, God. And so when we pray, God, let your kingdom come and let your will be done, that can't just be words that we recite. That has to be what's in our heart. And if it's not, we need to spend more time with the Father. Jesus constantly went away to spend time with the Father. I believe that was not just so he could grow closer to the Lord, but it was so that he could keep himself from putting all the bad stuff and keeping it inside because he was ministering to so many people. See, sometimes we minister to people and we have great intentions, but after ministering for so long... Everything we're in begins to get on us. And the only way to clean that out, the only way to replace that is to get before the Father through prayer, through worship, through getting ministered to, through reading the Word, through getting away. So I'll leave you with this thought one more time. Don't just know the Word of God. Know the God of the Word. Amen? Amen. How about stand to your feet? Praise God. I'm going to tell you, you're not here by coincidence. You're in a church because God wanted you here. Those of you that are members here, we got a mission. 
And I don't know if it's like other churches, because I don't go to other churches. I go every once in a while to Sunday night service or something like that. What I mean is, we got to do what God's asked us to do. So there's a, there's a freedom God's trying to um, train us in here. And you notice today we had a lot of things going on, but it was all still orderly. It was all still orderly. There were several words that came forth, and maybe you didn't need every word that came forward. Most of them piggybacked off each other. But I promise you, if you will just listen, allow God to move, He will speak to you. He will minister to you, and He will provide freedom like you've never had before. Because the breath of God is powerful. Powerful. Amen. You've been listening to Sunday Sermons from Southside Christian Fellowship Church, a place where you are loved, accepted, and received, a place of healing, a place of prayer, a place of hope. We invite you to join us this Sunday and every Sunday. For service times, location, and other information about the church, please visit our website at southsidechristianfellowship.net. Again, that's southsidechristianfellowship.net. As we wrap up today's message, we would like to once again thank you for listening. We would like to also have Papa Herman to speak a Father's blessing over you. May the Lord bless and keep you, that He would cause His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you, that the Lord would lift up the light of His countenance upon you and give you His peace. And remember that the Lord's favor is with you all the time. Expect it. It is with you. It's manifesting itself to you. It will overtake you no matter where you are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.